Hi, everyone. I'm Tara Reed. First, I want to thank um, Caleb Maupin and the Center for Political Innovation for having me come and speak. And also my fellow speakers, Jackson Hinkle, Samira Khan, you, you know who you are. You're amazing and fantastic. And I'm, I'm humbled to be on the same platform as you. And so for all of you that are watching and listening, you're already questioning what's happening in our world right now. So let me tell you a little bit about myself briefly, if you don't know me, and then let's talk about what's going on. My name is Tara Reed. As I said, I'm, uh, I was a former U.S. Senate staffer for Joseph Biden, um, and I was sexually assaulted by him. I came forward in 2019 with seven other women about his behavior and sexual misconduct. And then in 2020, I came forward with my full history. After that, I was completely vilified um, and attacked by the corporate media. I was threatened with my life. I was threatened with prison twice. Um, I've been called a traitor. I've been called every name you can imagine. I've been slut shamed and class shamed. And um, this was a lot done by the corporate Western media, including New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, Politico. If you Google my name, you'll see the hit pieces there right there for you to find. Meanwhile, Google has those hit pieces up, but they took down my podcast, The Politics of Survival, that a lot of those podcasts focused on survivors that came forward about powerful people that were suppressed. So the irony is not lost. Um, what I wanted to talk about today is, is obviously what is on everyone's mind. And I want to bring you forward to how I came to where I am. I was born in California. I grew up on a farm in Wisconsin. My mother was an anti-war activist. My brothers were quite a bit older than me and also, um, you know, quite politically, you know, active. My great-grandmother was a communist and um, she's, you know, kind of hung with the Jack Reed crowd. Jack Reed was a person who was very much into workers' rights back in the day. And I grew up with a different world vision. I grew up with a very... Um, you know, my parents had traveled all over the world. I had different views. My father tended to be more conservative and he's, you know, he was kind of part of that military industrial complex. My mother was a political activist. So, you know, I was used to political cognitive dissonance from a young age, so to speak. Um, when I was a little girl, I brought to school Karl Marx's book and, um, I was telling all the kids, I was about eight or nine, um, a different way to think, you know, like maybe they didn't have to go to church and maybe there was this view. And anyway, there was a meeting, the principal called my parents in. I was no longer allowed to bring my, my uh, book of Karl Marx in or talk about it. They wanted to channel my leadership skills is what they said. So they um, put an orange sash on me with a, with a, you know, with a little uh, badge to become a bus patrol. So I was to, like to inform on anyone that was misbehaving on the bus. So basically they just tried to make me a fascist. So, you know, it worked for a while because I like the orange sash and the badge. You know, everyone loves a badge, right? When you're eight or nine. Anyway, I'm telling that story because it's funny, but it's also kind of poignant because we have suffered so much suppression and so much misunderstanding with other cultures and other political ideologies and it's ingrained in us from a young, young age, unless we have others around us to, to kind of, you know, open the door and open our eyes to something different. So what I would say to you is right now we're hearing a lot of dire news. We're seeing censorship on a level I have never seen in my lifetime. I mean, um, as many of you know, I mentioned I was pretty vilified in 2020. Um, I went to RT, who became an oasis for me of support because 
I knocked on their door to, I'm a writer and I wanted to, you know, write some op-eds. They accepted them. I worked for them for about a year and a half freelance. And then also they produced a podcast called The Politics of Survival, where I was able to raise the voices of sexual assault survivors and other cultural icons and different people um, that were doing um, creative work that had different points of view, not just through a Western lens. And um, unfortunately, as you know, that was taken down from Spotify and taken down from Google. And RT has been censored and has been, you know, discontinued. And I have watched my colleagues get vilified on social media. I've watched their personal accounts be labeled um, state-run media. And it's been stunning to watch the hate and the vitriol and the bigotry. Now, I know some of these are troll farms paid for by you know who, the Biden administration, the Democratic National Committee, and those billionaires that want to form this message and want people to jump on this message and virtue signal yellow and blue and all of this, you know. But I'm here to tell you that how dangerous that is and how a singular voice will simply manufacture consent and lead us to ruin, economic ruin, and possibly World War III, and possibly nuclear annihilation if we're not careful. As citizens, this is the moment in history. We have to stand up. We have to stand up against censorship, speak out against it. And I will say clearly, because I'm being asked, and I was asked by a couple of journalists demanding that I denounce Putin or Russia. And I said, no, I will not. I stand with my Russian brothers and sisters. I understand from the point of history why they're engaged in this military conflict. I stand with RT. I stand with my colleagues from RT. And the reason I do is because it's the right thing to do. And the reason I do is because I actually do believe in freedom of the press. I actually do believe in freedom of speech. And I hope you do too. And it's hard and it's scary sometimes to stand up. As I mentioned to you, I have had death threats. I have had been called a traitor. I've been threatened with prison. All because my ideas are not the same as is being fed to us, force fed, actually, I would say, by corporate Western media. The reason I have my opinion about Ukraine is because I don't believe, like many of you here, that this started 14 days ago. It started eight years ago. It started when 14,000 people were massacred. It started with the Maidan in 2014, when that Julian Assange and WikiLeaks reveal the war crimes that NATO and America took place in an American-backed coup of Ukraine, the Ukrainian government at the time, one of the masterminds being Victoria Newland. Now they were trying to deny that there were bio labs, and they're trying to call it Russian disinformation or QAnon conspiracy or something. Then two days ago, Victoria Newland actually testified that yes, there were bio labs. Of course, they're still trying to blame Russia. But what I want people to really look at the nuance of this is because they're censoring our media so heavily, how will we ever know the truth? How will we ever know why and how much money was spent on these bioweapons and what their intent was? But it does answer a question for me. It answers a question of why there was a sense of emergency for that military um, operation that Russia embarked upon. Do I want to see people dying? No. Do I want to see people bombed? Of course not. I'm anti-war. I'm anti-imperialist. That's how I've always been. I do not um, think that it's, it's the answer to anything. However, we'll never know the answer to this question. By going in when they did, did they prevent a 
bigger massacre? Did they prevent a bigger disaster? We should be able to have this conversation. We should be able to ask these questions without being censored, without being banned, without being threatened with prison. It's ridiculous that we cannot have a conversation as citizens in our country that's supposed to be about democracy and freedom. That is why you're here today. This is the time to take action because the reality is, and this is my opinion, that we are moving towards the East economically. The emerging markets are from China and from Russia and from the other countries. Our Western empire is falling, it's failing because it won't take care of its people. It won't educate people. It won't house people. You know, our, our system, the capitalist system is destroying the fabric of our country. So that we've come to a point in history that instead of fighting Nazis and fascists, America is actually funding neo-Nazis and funding fascism and engaging in censorship of, of an unprecedented form. So I'm not here to try to change your mind. You all have your own. I'm here to say, listen to these different points of view, read critically, think about what your role is as a citizen and how we can push through the problems that we're having. Because the reality is the world is changing and the economic um, fabric is changing if we engage in World War III against Russia, if we engage in that horrible reality, that horrible movement towards manufactured consent, it will be the ruin for generations. It might be the end of humanity itself. So we have to speak seriously about these issues and carefully. And we also need to push back on the censorship. Western corporate media if we do enter into World War III, in my opinion, they are complicit with trying to fan hysteria and fan bigotry and hate towards Russia. So again, I will reemphasize, I stand with the working people, the working citizens that are suffering under the boot of the elites right now. I am with you, I am with them. I stand with RT and I hope that they come back and I hope that they can be a voice again and another lens that we can look through to see things. I stand with my colleagues that are being vilified and, you know, deplatformed and censored like Oliver Stone, Igor Lepotinik, Caleb Mopin, Lee Camp, you know, and others. I'm with you. My heart's with you. We need our voices to be heard. And I stand with the Russian people are suffering right now because of Western bigotry and hate. I, I am standing with my cousins who are Russian. I'm standing with my friends who are receiving hate and vitriol every day because just because of where they were born. And it's not right. And it's not fair. And it's not okay. I also feel sympathy for the people of, of Ukraine that are being victimized by a system, a military industrial complex that is destroying their lives as well. None of this is okay. And we must use this point in history to change it. So I encourage all of you to take action however you can to get your voices heard and to, and to move forward. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for having me. Let's begin.